everyone and welcome to the Burgess podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Hello and welcome. It's Lorena here and thank you so much for coming along to our podcast today where we are celebrating International Women's Day. We are joined by our very special guest, Captain Nicole Fawcett, who will be sharing her experiences of working as a captain and offering some advice to female crew who want to become a senior officer or for those who are interested in joining the industry. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. I know you're so busy at the moment, so it's uh, really kind of you to take some time out to talk to us. So shall we start by talking about how you began your career and who or what inspired you to become a captain? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I did grow up in Maryland around the Chesapeake, so I was always drawn to the water. And in my college years, or after my college years, I've moved to California, and I lived in Hollywood. And I hated it, and I wanted to get out on the water. And I pulled up a magazine that had boats for sale, and I thought to myself, I'm going to buy a boat, and I'm going to sail out to those islands, to the Channel Islands. And I couldn't afford a boat, but I did see an ad in the back of the paper that was a... um, an ad for a deckhand on a dive boat. I called it up and the guy said, we're not looking for a deckhand. I said, oh, okay, sorry. He said, well, why don't you come down and see the boat? And I said, we're looking for a deckhand. No, we're not, but just come on down. So I came down. And by the way, my roommate's like, I don't think you should do this. This doesn't sound safe. (laughs) Went down to the boat and I met Captain George Staling. He showed me around the boat and said, we're going out to Catalina this weekend. Why don't you come? And I said, well, I thought you didn't need any help. And he's like, no, but it'll be fun. So I went out and it was absolutely beautiful. We got the boat back to the dock in San Pedro, California. And he said, why don't you come out next week? And I said, I thought you don't need anyone. And again, he said, well, this time we'll pay you. And we like having you around. And yeah, I think we do need someone like you. And I worked for him for about six years on and off. I um, speeded up a bit. He made me get my captain's license. I was already driving the boat and he said, I need you. I need another captain on board and I need you to get your license. It's really easy. Go do it. Well, it wasn't easy and I was not prepared, um, but I did enjoy the challenge. So I got um, I got my captain's license and we did a lot of Discovery Channel and National Geographic. So I met a lot of really cool people um, doing some Shark Week things and I ended up going to Guadalupe and diving with the Great Whites and I met a captain on that boat who sort of introduced me to getting my MCA license. Uh, I did a basic MCA license and then I I continued on with my U.S. license. I have my 3,000 ton masters but really getting my MCA license sort of introduced me to the yachting world. I did continue working on dive boats for a few more years. I lived in Hawaii and I was trying to get to the South Pacific. And that is how my CV ended up in the hands of a yacht agent. And I didn't want to work on a yacht. I wanted to be on dive boats. 
but I ended up taking a job, tried to quit for about three months to go back to dive boats. And then they told me they bought a new boat and it was going to the Mediterranean and the Caribbean and they wanted me to run it. So I ended up doing that. Yeah, just kind of, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences and doors that have opened and a lot of opportunities for education. And it's been, it's been a fun road. And I think I'm maybe halfway through it, if that, at this point in my life. Wow, what an amazing story. So you didn't always want to be a captain. It's just, you know, people that you've met in your life that have guided you to that role. No, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. (laughs) (laughs) Huge difference. (laughs) But I still love animals and my my love for animals sort of brought me underwater and scuba diving and then on to working on yachts. But it's just been... That was the accelerated um, brief story, but there's just been a lot of really cool things and opportunities that I've had and challenges that I've put myself in, uncomfortable situations I've put myself into that's gotten me where you are today. Wow. And and I think that's a very good life lesson, isn't it? We all have to push boundaries to achieve amazing things. So which parts of your job do you enjoy the most? Um, and which do you find the most difficult or challenging? I really enjoy the crew aspects. Right now we have a, a crew of 23 on board and I have a very literal open door policy and um, I enjoy learning about what the crew go and do on on their leave and the courses that they're doing and, and their goals that they have set when I hear about crew that have moved on because really that's you know that's why we're here we're here to train and teach people to take my job and if they can't take my job because I'm still here they you know unfortunately they have to spread their wings and fly but I really enjoy hearing about where crew have moved on to and um, I think probably the biggest compliment I've ever had is from other captains when they have crew from my boat and they say that they're the most professional crew that they have in the bridge or they're very surprised at how how equipped they were for the job. And that's that's a huge compliment. Um, the other part of your question, the biggest challenge is when I have to terminate someone. And that doesn't happen, happen that often. You know, I've, I will give second chances, third chances, as long as it's not a safety issue. Yeah. You know, everybody and that is we all need to grow and learn from our mistakes but if I have to terminate someone because you know like for one there is one situation five or six years ago and the, the kid was great we hired him for a position that he wasn't ready for his CV showed he was ready he seemed ready in the interview but we were too busy of a program to actually train him and so unfortunately for safety reasons and the, the position he was put into it wasn't safe to keep him and it wasn't fair to him or the rest of the crew but yeah that's the hardest part yeah sometimes I failed a bit if I do have to terminate someone so it's challenges that I work through as well yeah I guess your role is very much um that of a mentor yeah no I think so a bit of a a leader and a manager at the same time yeah it's a tough combination Mm. Um, so obviously we're here for International Women's Day. A woman looking to work in a historically male-dominated role or vice versa uh, may find it a little daunting. Um, so what advice would you give? Uh, what challenges have you faced in your career that, that you've learned from that you can pass on to 
females wanting to come into the industry? Um, I have been pretty lucky, I think, in my career. I haven't faced, I'll, I'll go on to a challenge that I have had, but I, prior to that, I had no challenges. And in fact, I think that I've stood out because I was a, a female. And um, I think it just has opened more doors than um, I've had shut doors. And if there are shut doors, maybe I didn't notice. Mm. And maybe there were people along the way that thought differently of me, but I didn't notice it or maybe it was there, but I just didn't pay attention to it. Um, Not that I walk around in my own happy bubble, but I wouldn't want to manifest on, on the negativity. And I do think that I've, you know, haven't jumped into things trying to prove myself and saying that I'm the best and and I'm not. And there's plenty of captains out there that know a lot more than me. And there's first officers and engineers and chefs and chief sous that know more than me. But we work, we all work together as a team. Um, I have had a challenge, and, but I don't think it's particular to just women. Um, but I'm, I'm a mother of two. I'm a wife and I've got a, a border terrier, a little dog at home. Um, but that I think is the, the biggest challenge is working with the, the family at home and, and being away from them at certain times. That's, that is difficult. But anytime I've interviewed with an owner, they know that my biggest, the most important thing to me is communication, communication between the boss and I and communication that I can pass on to the crew. So as long as that's clear, then I can be successful. The minute that's not clear, then that, that would not be a very successful program for myself um, mm-hmm. or the crew. And, and I do think those are the programs that fail. Um, I have sh- seen some issues being a mother and even some career agents that I've worked with over the years. They've told me, you know, this really isn't an industry for, for mothers. Um, a boss that I worked for, I when I was on maternity leave, I got a letter saying we're going to keep the captain that's on board because now that you're a mother, you've probably realized this isn't the industry for you. And that's okay. not going to work. And, you know, I was shocked, as many would be. And I said, this is this is illegal. And not that I would have done anything about that because I was building my career at that point. Um, and they, you know, eventually said, no, no, we want you to be the captain. Ch- kind of changed their position. But in the end, it didn't end up working out with them. Um, but it opened so many other doors leaving that company. But I wouldn't be where where I am now if I stuck with that program. Yeah. And sometimes. Sometimes you learn the most from the, from the bad boats that you've been on. Yeah. I was on a dive that broke down all the time. It was busy. It had, the only downtime it ever had is when it did its annuals once a year. But we were back-to-back trips, and that thing always had a generator down, always had a fuel clog, always had <laughs> water maker issues. Um, we had to keep going, but I, I learned a lot working on that boat. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the uh, the challenges that teaches us the uh, best lessons. But that mm. is um, worrying, isn't it? That, that that we're still in an industry which assumes that once you a, a mother has, you know, a woman has a child, that they they're not interested in working anymore, or that mm. the father may not be the person to look after the child. Or there's always an assumption that it's it's the woman that wants to stay at home and and look after children and not have a career or 
it, it's frightening, isn't it, that we still, people still think like that. Yeah, I mean, my husband deserves props. He's, he, what he's doing is 10 times harder than what I'm doing. And what he's given up, because he's an incredible captain and engineer, and so very, so smart. Um, but what he's given up for me, so I could reach my goals is, you know, it's, it's amazing. That's beautiful. It's, uh, it's a sign of a good team. Yes. But I get to use his engineering skills at home. He's building all types <laughs> of <laughs> We actually did uh, one of the first podcasts we did was about um, the wrench of family, leaving family behind when going to sea. Um, and it, it was actually for International Men's Day and it was with two of our yacht managers uh, they're t- talking about their time at sea and how hard it was to leave their family at home and the switching of hats you know from working on board the yacht to being at home and that transition for period that's needed to adjust to both lifestyles um, it was a really really interesting conversation it, a lot of things that you know we didn't really think about before so yeah it's a it's a tough life but it's uh rewarding one yeah I mean my husband's very strong to do what he does and and to look after the kids uh, when I'm not there it's it's not easy and for the women that do it it's it's not an easy job it's not an easy job for anyone no but like you said communication I think that that's what the main message from from the last podcast was communication is is the most important thing isn't it Mm mm-hmm yeah and I've very lucky with my last two positions. I, the only reason I left my last boat is because it, it sold and I was pregnant at the time and told the new owners and they were going to keep me on rotation. I do, it wouldn't have quite been the program for me, um, but after I had my baby, I did reach back out to them and it was right when COVID hit and they said, we just with this uncertainty, we're not going to go into a rotational position, but it's opened up the the door for me to then move on to my biggest boat, which is what I'm on now. It's a 70 meter, and I manage the the fishing boat as well. And it's a it's a private boat. It's my first private boat, fully private boat, and it's just it's great. the The communication between both my current boss and my last boss were not normal for the industry, really. Yeah. Uh, it's that's really really great good and the, the prior boat was a charter boat too but we had most of our summer charters booked early in the winter time so i was able to find a nice location in the south of france or italy wherever the boat was going to be for the the nanny and our baby wow so happen with proper planning yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, well, last month uh, we began our series on diversity, uh, which I'm pleased to say is a growing topic within the yachting industry. What steps do you think we need to make in the yachting industry to uh, become more diverse and inclusive? Do you think, uh, for example, a career at sea is easily accessible to women? I think it is. But like I had said previously, I've just had a lot of, I don't know if it's just luck or if I've turned a blind eye to the negativity, but I, I, I think so. And I think probably some of the women prior to me um, that I, I know probably three or four women that are older than me that have been in this industry, obviously longer, and they did not have it as easy. Um, but I think times are changing. 
we always have one female deckhand on on deck and we haven't had any issues looking when we've gone to hire and we've gotten some really some really great girls right now the the current um, girl that we have she fits right in just like she's one of the guys but she's not she's absolutely beautiful and very girly but you know but she works on deck with the boys and she she holds her own she's very smart and does she have aspirations to become captain or is she just starting out and not she's just starting. yeah Yeah. she's uh, this is her first boat and I love that we've got a program that is clear enough and not necessarily slow but just very uh there's great communication so we know what we need to plan for and we were able to bring on a few very green crew that it was their first boat and they've all been successful because we've had you know proper leadership from the chief officer second officer third and down the chain and and people a lot of longevity to be able to train the Mm -hmm. new crew up but she also came from dive boats so we've got a little connection there Um, (laughs) it must be very inspiring for her to have you as captain on board her boat you know to see that as a female there are no boundaries anymore you know you we you can reach the top. Yeah, I, I get that from the crew every now and then, but it can be, I think to find a, a proper leader is, it's really difficult. There's a lot of crew that become captains and they maybe not so much deserve it, but it's, you know, it's definitely not a privilege. It's something you need to work hard towards. Mm, absolutely. I, after this podcast, I've got a a leadership training that I'm doing and that's running twice a week until the middle of May and I feel like I'm a strong leader and I care a lot for the crew but I don't know everything and I never will so continuing to strive on and and learn what I can do to be a better captain is really important and I think that male or female uh, if you find a captain that actually cares about you and uh, that you feel comfortable talking to and and learning from um then you're lucky because there's there's some really good ones out there, but there's some really bad ones. So um, I think selfishly, we all need to put ourselves first and pick the role and stay on the boats that we are learning from and, and don't just stick it out. If it's not if it's not a great position, don't stick it out because the grass can be greener on the other side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be a little bit of a cheesy question, but um, it's one that I enjoy asking. Is what what is the proudest moment of your career? Um, well, I kind of touched on it a bit. I have two when I when I find that crew have like moved on to success successfully onto other boats, or when I've had captains just call me and say, "Hey, we've gotten such and such from your boat." I'm not calling for a reference. I'm just calling to tell you that they were incredible in the bridge, and their bridge etiquette was really amazing and that you know that makes me really proud and recently when I joined the boat that I'm on now uh, it's a Lursen and I found out that I was the first woman to ever captain a Lursen and I couldn't believe that and when I was told that by one of the guys at at Lursen I said will you fact check that I cannot believe that and they did they went back and they fact checked it and yeah they I thought that was really cool Wow. And that's definitely something to be proud of. And shocking, though, because all the boats that they built and the years that they've been around and all the, the girls that are growing up in this industry and the different 
you know, there's a lot of girls in command now. I just, I found that very shocking. So I guess that's a record that I'll always get to hold. Yeah. No, congratulations. That's incredible. Um, and leading the charge, Nicole. So to finish up, what advice would you give a female deckhand or junior officer who aspires to be a captain? Probably a little bit of what I touched on, just not if there is negativity, just uh, move on from it. And and what I mean, move on from the boat if it's if it's a bad program. Um, but don't I, I think one of the reasons why I, I have been successful is I didn't I didn't ever feel like I had to prove myself. I grew up a farm girl. I grew up riding horses, showing cows, and I was one of the, always one of the boys. So hanging out with the males on deck wasn't anything different for me for my day-to-day life. So it just I just came in and I worked and I learned as much as possible and I had no problem and I still have no problem admitting what I don't know. You know, if the engineers are talking to me in a different language, and what I mean, if I don't understand what they're talking about, I have no issue asking them. You know, the chief officer, if he's telling me something that I'm not understanding, I don't have an issue asking. And not knowing and being able to admit that you don't know something is, um, I think that's just as golden as having all the information, being able to be vulnerable and, and learn. Absolutely. Wow. It's a good, uh, good life lesson there for us all, I think. So um, thank you so much, Nicole. It's been a real honour to have you on the show. Uh, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and yeah, hope to speak to you again soon. Great. Thank you.